Welcome to Let's Run D&D, where we talk D&D, TTRPGs, and how to run them. Hi, hello, welcome everyone back. This is the second episode of Let's Run D&D, and uh, tonight I have an amazing guest. Uh, he's uh, my best friend. Uh, we in the same uh, dance crew together, and he is the one and only man who runs an in-person campaign for my for me and uh some of his friends our friends and um steven hi steven hello thanks for having <laughs> me uh oh. I, I am a, a part-time dm full-time player uh and also uh amateur D D enthusiast i i don't think i am very well versed in the world of D&D even though I have run a couple of DM campaigns already but uh hopefully my experience can can shed some light on how someone who's learning about the D&D experience um and what that journey is like no you know as um I've seen a lot on Twitter for some reason discussed today is talking about how it doesn't it, no one should ever tell anyone however long they are in in the community like that they're uh, their opinion does not matter because we all make this game amazing and uh, ev every single opinion matters. So it's great to shed light even from those perspectives. Yeah, no, totally. I, I feel like uh, Dungeon Dragons is really what you make of it. It like um, when I think about Dungeons and Dragons, my first experience ever with Dungeons and Dragons was I was probably like ten or eleven. Maybe maybe no, maybe younger, and then my sis, my two older sisters, and uh, I guess her, my oldest sister's boyfriend, now husband, he ran a game of Dungeons and Dragons for them. And when I saw it as like a ten-year-old, I was like, "What is this? I want to play!" And I forced my way in to to <laughs> play with him. I don't remember what edition he was playing. I think he may have been playing like one of the earlier editions, um, and his his whole background of dungeon dragons is he's played before with other friends with his family so like he, he kind of had like a little homebrew i guess if i were to think back but it was it was interesting and a lot of fun um because when he when he ran it it was very, it was pretty different than how we would play today it was it was drawn on a piece of paper we had our own stats and uh I don't even think we rolled for stats. I just think it was whatever he basically remembered from the Dungeon Dragons like side from his experience. So it was a lot of fun because it was just it's kind of like make your own story, and he had a whole like setup where uh, is all on paper. So just like hundreds of pieces of paper lying around. He had maps. He had um, character sheets. He had NPCs, and he even had a very interesting storyline, which I don't really remember, but. <laughs> Um, that was my first experience, and ever since then, I was like, I wanna, I love, I love the dragons. Any like, uh, any like memorable, memorable moments from that game that you like kind of remember and that stuck with you? Um, I think I don't really remember. Mm. Um, I was a little too young to understand what was actually happening, but I remember just the 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 fact that you could create your own character and you could play this character that you created 
is that was even as a 10 year old i was like this is the coolest thing ever right so i think mm-hmm. that is probably the best part the ability to bring your idea into the into a world and then act out that world um is already super cool in itself i mean definitely i think this is what like the flexibility of it and like the like like my imagination is my limitation is what like bring i think brings a lot of people in this what i want to ask so it's like you say you played like first time when you were like 10 11 years old and then and then were you like you're kind of like you're still were like playing once in a while or did you like kind of like dropped it and then picked it up much later like when it was like um because it's like i heard like you guys like playing D for like you know like when i'm fully mad and like fully said like hey guys well like at, at your birth like at your birthday uh then where it's like that's the whole conversation of me joining you guys uh came up uh so i wonder like was that the group of people you like kind of restarted playing D with or like did you played once in a while before it oh i mean i think for most people you you get some exposure to D, maybe not through the actual tabletop like game but through video games right like Heroes of Might and Magic uh, is based loosely off D&D. Boulder's Gate, which I, one of my favorite games growing up um, on the PC, that was based off, based heavily off D&D. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, and there are several other, you know, computer games that I played before I went back to playing the tabletop version. But I, I think the playing in person, live with paper, or you know, just like your laptops. Playing with real people, uh, that's probably the best way to play D&D. And so I, I, when I played it again with my current group of friends, you included, probably starting 2017, mm. um, that was when it really like kicked off. For, for I feel like for everyone that I know, like, oh, we love D&D. Oh, what's the, when, when, when's the first season of Stranger Things came out? Was it around that time? But yeah, I looked it up. My, my internet just died. A Stranger Things season oh. one, July 15, 2016. Oh, so it's like it's uh, okay because like what from my uh, from what I remember is like a lot of people did like got into like D and D and the way it is right now. It's like from like oh my god, the, the kids on Stranger Things played it. So it's like, um, so it's like that's how a lot of people recently picked up a lot, and then also like the in during pandemic. A lot of people picked up like actually playing like especially like i mean with my online games like that's when i actually like, got into like actually playing playing was a quarantine um but it's interesting you know like i never knew that you st- like you you learn what dnd is all the way in uh when you were 10. that's interesting i mean so your first experience was over pandemic that's when you how did you first learn about it and what was your first game? Well, I first first time I ever learned about it probably was um you know, it's I definitely learned it before pandemic, but I don't know how long it was, but I um I would believe that it's probably was with the critical role episodes and like the campaign 2 got me into it just like mentally. And then I kept searching, searching for the things. And my first ever in-person game was <clears throat> this guy who I think posted on Facebook or something. Like somewhere online, I found the guy who's like, oh, I'm going to be running uh, 
uh, one shot for uh, to show it to my fiance, girlfriend, wife. I don't remember, but it's like it was like in a in a gaming shop, and we got together. There's a bunch of random people. It's like it was table of probably ten people in total, and it was kind of like look. I I'll tell you like yes, is the in person game fun? Yes, of course. Like I love it, but it's like the I love my online games. It's just the the flexibility of being able to play with people from anywhere at any time, and like just I love technology and part of those VTTs and stuff. But the thing what turned me off from playing in person was the second kind of, uh, game I ever played. It was somewhere. Oh my god! It was actually not that far from where I live now, but it's um it was like in this quote-unquote game store which was technically not a game store but someone's basement so you need to go into like these these little houses and you need to go in the backyard and then go in the basement and there was just again a table of like 16 people and they were all playing and i'm assuming i think i was the only new player and i got ignored for the whole game wait 16 players in one game at least like some it there was at least 10 to 12 people on the, behind the table and then i like you know like i'm a new guy no one really like in, like the only person who introduced themselves to me was like and like i was trying to introduce myself to people but no one really cared the only person who was like oh yeah you're here yeah, yeah i'm dm whatever you're ready to play okay sure and then i sat there i was like <laughs> I, I i hate leave, leaving with no explanation because i'm like you know like it's kind of at this point, I'm already fine with it to be like, oh, I'm just going to get up and get a hell out. I don't know you guys. But back then, I was like, oh, my God, I need to find someone to message for, for me to some to message someone for them to call me for me to make them an excuse to leave. And then I ended up staying all the way to the end. But it's like uh... I, I, I rolled one die because uh, DM finally remembered at the second fight. He finally remembered that I was there and he asked me, oh, what are you were doing all this time? And I was like, uh, I guess I stayed outside and played on my loot uh, and kind of was trying to get some gold. <laughs> and he's like, okay, roll me a D4. And I rolled the one. And he's like, okay, you got one gold. And, you know, that's the most game I got that night. Did you Did you have combat that night or no? There was a combat, but I was not part of it. That's the funny thing. So it's like, like he kind of like, he kind of split the table in half or something like this. But it's just like the setup was so weird. It's like a ta- like it was such a cramped space. Like it's like this little tiny space where like it was twelve of us on behind. There was all with other people playing Magic the Gathering behind the other tables. But experience was oh my god! Like I wanted to like like just this i would just want to leave i don't want to be here anymore it's just terrible and that's what kind of turned me off from the, like looking for an in-person game for like a year or or so uh that sucks i i mm-hmm. feel like when you have a bad first experience about something it, it colors the rest of your time there uh, especially trying to play in-person game again mm-hmm. and i'm sure your your online experience is like really positive the first online game I joined was actually, um, I believe it was the 
Dungeon of the Med Mage module they were playing, and I kind of misunderstood what it was. And then with the with the other group of mine online, I was joking how for that group where we were kind of more story based, I made a goddamn paladin warlock who was like a killer machine, who was like like I I draw like we were like level ten or whatever, like we started pretty high, and then once like me I my my one character dropped like a undead giant in one turn. And oh, then wow. I, I made a goddamn bard for the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which is technically a dungeon crawl, like, slasher kind of game. So it's like I should have flipped those, and then I would have so much more fun. Just be- But then because I made a bard for the dungeon crawl, I was, like, kind of, like, it's okay. But it's, like, there's, like, DM would, like, constantly, like, I understand if you run a module and you kind of read Uh, the module it's fine of course but like when i can hear you like reading that like you reading it for the first time like have you did how like once a a week game and like i understand that the dm ran like multiple games but like if you can't manage to run multiple games don't run them you know (laughs) it's on you (laughs) you know kind of like like uh, if you can't do it don't put so much responsibility on yourself because like I'm expecting I come like you know yes of course it's not a paid game and then they don't owe me anything it's like but the same thing with me like like technically I don't owe my player anything but like I'm trying to do the best job I can because it's my work and I put it out in front of people I mean but you're you're someone who really cares about your work other people <laughs> I feel like they they're just like oh it's it's whatever right it's supposed to be just the game maybe maybe it's more of like based off of camaraderie rather than I'm here to play Dungeons and Dragons. I I think you need to find the right group that fits what you're looking for. Certain people like more role play and other people like more combat or other people like, you know, exploring world lore or something like that. And you have to find the right DM and the right group too. It's, it's difficult for sure. So what kind of a DM or player you think you are? Like what, what? What kind of a player? First of all, because you said you're like you. You, from my understanding, you still even though you DM your you. I would say your preferred way to play is a player, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think I prefer being a player just because I th- I feel like and I said this to you when we were talking about this uh, another time. When you're a DM playing the game of Dungeons and Dragons happens when you're creating when you're when you're running it as a dm i feel like you're you're kind of just um having people like go through your labyrinth or go through your maze or go through the scenarios you've set up and that can kind of maybe be a little bit of gameplay but honestly you've already had it mapped out in your head you just kind of want to see people's uh experience of it um what their reaction is but as a player you ha- I feel like you have a lot of control over playing the game in the moment, right? So if you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm here to play D&D, like you grab your drink, you sit down, uh, it's a whole experience. And then I also feel like playing the 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 PC is also a lot of fun, uh, probably more fun than being a DM because you actually get to interact with like the other characters in your in your party Mm. i know you can do the same thing as a dm but in a in a different way i just i feel like as a player like when i play i try to put on um 
I try to definitely be in the shoes of the character, right? Like what, what, he, so my character, so one of the guys that I play is a paladin. Um, his name is Jean-Michel <laughs> and he is, he's a like eight foot tall orc paladin. And although he's very pious and devout, his, his common tongue and the way he presents himself is very uncouth. And he's basically just this, you know, big b- bumbling um, but very, very strong and very dangerous uh, orc paladin. And so mm. to embody that, which is, I feel like, very different than what I am normally, I have to put myself in the shoes of that player, and of, of that character. Like, I have put on an accent. He has tusks coming out of his mouth. So instead of talking normally, he talks like this. With a little bit of this. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it helps uh, to... to to act it out almost in theater format because when you're forced to commit then you really do commit right then you're you're really involved in the game your your attention's not elsewhere um but i don't know i just i feel like being a player is just way more fun and so before we go further in that because i want to delve a little bit deeper in in you know the way you play but uh i can already know your answer but you know the podcast name suggests for me to ask you uh I say let's so what's the first thing you're doing? Uh if you say let's run D D, the first thing I'm doing is making sure I have all of my like dice, cards, uh, my my rolling tray, like all of my things prepared and get and getting that ready, as well as like checking my player sheet and making sure I know where the campaign left off. Cause when I jump back in um, sometimes there is more exposition. Sometimes there isn't. You just need to pick up where you left off. So it's kind of like recapping everything, but then getting ready for that next session, which I think is part of the fun. Like mm-hmm. when when you're preparing for a session, maybe you'll buy new dice or you'll uh, be thinking about where your character can level up to and like, oh, what's what's the things that I can do for next time? Because you know where you left off in the campaign um, you know where you can help drive the story with the party. Maybe there's a new thing you want to introduce as a player. Maybe like uh, the, another quirk about my player is he has a little gecko named Sebastian. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe maybe Sebastian makes an appearance. Maybe he doesn't. Like you can you can kind of work with the DM to weave like things that you think are fun or or the or the other players might enjoy and kind of get a reaction out of them too. Because if they're having a good time, then you'll probably have a good time as well. That's true. So um, I, 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 in the research, like for the last podcast, like, and then I kept this question here as well. Uh, I found like a different uh, type of players. There's like, there is a, uh, they broke down the type of players for like RPG games. So there is actor, explorer, investigator, power gamer, slayer, storyteller, thinker, and watcher. Mm-hmm. Which one do you think fits you the most? Uh, say that list again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's actor, explorer, investigator, power gamer, slayer, storyteller, thinker, or watcher. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I get the differences. I think I'm a mix of two particular ones. The first one is actor, probably more acting uh than the second one but the second one is definitely slayer like mm. i love combat i think mm. combat is one of the best parts about D D. 
like rolling the dice, hit like hitting, making special calls, or or uh, you know maybe approaching combat in a special way instead of fighting, you set explosives or something like that. There are just so many different ways you can approach the same scenario, and especially because of the way I feel like most uh, classes are set up, combat is 50%, if not more, of the game, right? That's when things really happen. That's when um, you make an impact directly on the world. So definitely a mix of Slayer and Actor. Well, I mean, the, the there's not that much rule. I wouldn't say, you know, the, I think this is a big debate debate in the whole uh, D&D soup, I called it last episode, of like, people like, well, yeah, this is a role-playing game. And it's like, why, like, you know, you need to have a little bit less combat in your session. But it's like, majority, like, where do you, did you ever found rules for role-playing like, okay, there's some tips and tricks for how to and whatever, like in the books, but there's no, like, the majority of the rules of the books are the combat ones, how your spell works, how, how far it hits, how hard you hit, what abilities you can do hit things. It's just like, even I was helping uh, to do like a little diagram for, uh, for Jade to help her with her new character to like know what to like how to like uh act in combat and i was like i was sitting with her before even and we were picking spells for her and then whatever she like was like yeah i like this i like this and i was like i tried to make a list most of the things that she picked are damage dealing or something like this there's so there's like utility spells are there of course but they're still to help combat or skill checks or something like this and it's like it's i love role playing and i'll like I, I'm I'm kind of suck at it honestly myself, which I think I need to get much better. But like, combat is a bread and butter of D and D. If you remove combat, what like, you can just talk with people, right? No, to- totally. I I I think combat, like you're saying, is what the rules are all about. Um, there's a lot less rules to role playing, but I mean at the same time, I feel like just because something's combat doesn't mean you can't enjoy the role-playing portion of exactly. combat like as a as a as both a dm and as a player you can act out uh the combat you're doing or also in a different way role play what your character would do in the heat of a moment right like in real life i'd probably run away from fight but <laughs> in in the game i'm i'm definitely stepping up to the plate and like swinging first right even before the good or bad guy says gets a word off i'm like i can tell something's gonna happen i'll swing first um or or maybe maybe if i was playing like a a thief then maybe i'll uh, be more thoughtful and set up strategies uh to to lure people in but that that type of flexibility is uh, that's what's fun it's it's you could you could play it really straightforward and just roll dice which is also a lot of fun too and get crazy numbers um but then you can also you know be smart about it and and do some some amazing like improvisational scenarios like oh the the one that we played recently for for my campaign where you threw uh (laughs) a magical explosive bomb and uh ended up killing ended up killing one of the other uh people it still hurts it still hurts um I did not expect that thing to blow up that hard. How what was that 120 feet radius? Uh, 
and what 88s or something what was it uh i think it was like 68 or 86 oh, worth oh. of damage and you rolled pretty good um but it was wild that it was so such a big radius that was that what blew my mind it was so big i was just like i was expecting this to blow up in the guy's face but it's like that's a was a big radius <laughs> i was not expecting yeah um, i mean i i i also knew you were gonna do something with that so i set the the damage at a certain amount but then the range i was like i feel like if if this were to happen in like i was thinking about it as a dm right like mm -hmm. you stole this from a trap the trap would channel this in some way so if you take it out and you just use it as raw energy oh. it would it would be crazy like uh what's the word chaotic um mm -hmm. it's just raw power coming out so i'm like of course it's gonna it's gonna go be huge damn i didn't even think about it from this perspective because i was like like because i think i think me and albert were talking about after it or during it and and we both were like damn it's like if we would not disarm the trap the session before and i wouldn't get this thing like we would be all dead the session before and then like now you explaining your train of thought of like oh this would be like it's not targeted or whatever it's like wow this is like this is something I don't think about, and this is a great advice for me to think about things like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone has their own style for for how they come up with logic and rules to their game. Um, but I've always wanted to ask you when you when you come up with things that you're playing PC uh, NPCs or scenarios, how much of it are you writing out, and how much of it are you improvising live on the spot? Like, if I were to give a percentage, I would say. I'm probably preparing, let's call it that, preparing like 70 to 75% of it. And then I'm improvising like only 20 to 25%. Well, it depends on what you consider of like preparing an NPC, right? So it's like, of course I needed to have, like, even though like, you know, like you you should have a stat block for them and you should have, uh, you know, mean like if you, if you think that they're going to be fighting the party, you, you need to know how they're attacking, what their tactics are. I kind of like all that like minutiae stuff of like the battle stuff. I'm usually preparing like ahead of time just because it would be much easier for me to not like just randomly say it even though some of the npcs um sometimes i will like i don't need to know what's modifier for them on like strength or um or like i don't I, I don't need all of their stats i just need to like oh are they are they good acrobat sure okay they're gonna have proficiency in that so i'm gonna need to add another plus three uh, and then plus whatever something to the role, right? Like for the and then for like this little like minions or lackeys or like guards or something. Like I don't care what's your charisma score. If someone's gonna cast a charisma uh, spell on you, I'll be like, okay, what's like okay? If it's, if your charisma gonna be ten to eleven, then you're gonna get only plus one. So it's like that doesn't make like you know those numbers. I don't really prepare, but it's like attacks hundred percent like special moves or attacks or something 100% AC 100% like I usually look at where my players are and then like that I how like how difficult I want to enemy to be it's like oh I see that my uh my PCs are usually like 18 16 15 17 18 19 right AC so I'm like okay if I want to have it on a level with them so I'm gonna give them 17 18 AC what do I want to make them stronger they're AC 20 
you know, kind of that that way. And then HP, some, but sometimes I adjust HP on the fly because it's like I have a goddamn six-player party, which is just demolishes things. So I'm like, well, okay, sure, I'll say it's 64 now, but if I understand that, like, oh, they're going to kill it in two rounds, but, like, dramatically, I want to build it up a little bit longer. It's like, you know, I'll give him, like, 60 hit points plus three extra hits on him. You know, so it's like technically like, even though in the numbers it's dead, but I'm like, for dramatic moment, the the third hit from here is going to kill it or kind of like this. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that's probably the right and probably the, the best way to play where you're not stuck to rules, but you're kind of getting the feel for your players, getting the feel for the, the scenario, what the vibe um, is that that's probably the best way to play because to, to the players is all the same. They don't, they don't know that you're making it up or they don't know that like you're doing three attacks versus, you know, 60 HP as long, as long as they're having a good time, then that's going to be a, a super memorable moment. Um, I feel like a lot of D and D is, is the, the best parts come when it's spontaneous, spontaneous. Um, you're mm-hmm. creating something in the moment with the player. And then like, it takes on a life of its own. No, definitely. It's just like, you know, and especially like the their reaction or what they say, you know, like, I'm like, oh, you know, once in a while, I do want to feel a little bit like I'm playing in the moment. So it's like, okay, I will not like think ahead of time what they're going to say or how they're going to react. So that's 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 100% on the fly, because it's like I need a live reaction from myself to know how to react to my players. You know, like I do like set up some backstory. You, I, I do love taking like uh, characters from my players backstory. That's the goddamn best. Like the last session, um, like this arc that they're going through right now is the arc of our artificer. Uh, Cam, you played with him the, the first session. that one. Right. Um, so in this city, um, like he left and then like. Uh, his ex-lover or whatever he didn't know if she survived or not and then uh he never knew about his parents so last session i was like all right there's your dad who's like has like now robot parts and he's kind of fighting you and there's also this ex-lover of yours you don't know that she that's her but i'm gonna like i'll, I'll try to like tell you subtly like I, I i was dropping crumbs already for like a couple sessions that that's her but he he goddamn man never listens didn't he didn't pick up immediately the only time like and then the funny thing that i I did pinpoint to them to one of the players that is like hey the dude has kind of the same eyes as drew so it's like that's probably the guy you don't like like i didn't say it outright but i was like well that guy has the eyes like the this character and they're like well we do not not we're not gonna kill this guy we're gonna kill this girl and then they downed the girl and then they're dealing with the dad and then the girl's helmet comes off while she's like kind of dying on the floor. And then the, the uh, our artificer goes, wait, 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 how do you, th- what did you say she looked like? And I explained to him again, he's like, God damn you. Like, like we need to goddamn re- re- revive her right now because it's like, that's another important character from his backstory. Like uh-huh. I, that's the stuff I love about D and D yeah, it's just the best feeling. Would you say that's one of your? Uh, you you've run so many sessions now. I feel like. Would you say that's one of your favorite player moments or like spontaneous moments? Hmm, that's a good question. You do you have Do you have a p- particular one? 
that's a good moment but it's also like a fresh moment that's a pretty good one and it's like um like the last session ended with like the reveal that that's that was the father that was a great moment as well then um i gained gave my uh ro my rogue player i gave him a sentient item uh so i i just i really enjoy his interaction with with it so that's incredible um i i personally like you know like i understand that like being a dm is mostly like sitting silent and listening to your players mm -hmm. but like i think that's why my favorite part of the game to be like hey this is a, like here kids this is a playground go and play on these cool attractions and whatever and i love just seeing people like play with my toys you know it's like oh here's the toy for you here's the toy for you and just like i love the people interaction with the things i created i think that's where i get my enjoyment from and there's just i feel like i think like there's just like just I don't know. I, I'm gonna need to think about it if I'll come up with anything else except that moment, which because it was great. But I'll think about it. So you, so you prefer being a DM over a player? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm a. I'm a overall, you know, pretty shy person. It's like you know, and it's like it's hard for me to like when I'm playing a PC. It's hard for me to just like like not, not even like shy i'm just like i'm trying to like not step over anyone and i feel like if when i'm playing a pc i can sometimes like go overboard with it whereas like i don't want to step on anyone's toes that i want to like you know like i want everyone to have fun so it's like i love to facilitate good time so like i feel the most comfortable i think dming uh okay okay so so that's that's a pretty cool way to think about it um it's really like what type of uh personality you are it actually could you know there's a little bit of something for everyone even as a um extroverted or introverted person you there's a certain way you can approach and play the game mm -hmm. um that's that, that 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 just you know you don't have to be the the loudest person in the room you can dm instead or you can you want to be a player and and contribute that way you totally can um yeah, that's cool. I mean, look, I I'm I'm great in a in a in a character until I need to actually play. You know, like I, I like I create the backstory. Yes, I do. I do, and then it's like that's when I understood that it's like oh, I should be DMing because it's like I do like create the backstory, but actually playing the character, I'm mostly just like I'm there and I say something once in a while, but it's like, but I'm mostly like like okay, I'm here to fight and I'm here to write my backstory, and it's like in between that, I'm just like. Oh, I guess just remove that, and I'll be making NPCs and making the world building. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, no, I I feel like I'm the exact opposite. Where I love to investigate and discover, and solve like the problems that the mm -hmm. DM has laid out for us. Um, one of my favorite moments probably is is uh, the this party that I was playing with, which is all the friends that you obviously know. Mm -hmm. We was I a paladin at the time um i think i was playing my thief character my rogue and basically we were trying to uh investigate this massive rich mansion mm -hmm. and when we went inside the mansion there's like this double double staircase that kind of goes left and right up this very massive foyer so it's got these big paintings that are very uh full of the the family that lives there and so we as a party of like six or seven, we basically like check out the place, ransack the place, 
Um, and then when they when they happen to come back, that's when you know the shit hits the fan because they're just like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Who are you all? Mm-hmm. And at the time, they were we. I think it, I think the DM intended it to lead to combat because he oh. we hadn't we hadn't fought yet. But for me, I was like, um, uh, they for some reason I for part of the lore is like we knew that the family had a big fear of ghosts and also <laughs> um i guess like their ancestors so they had big paintings of their of their ancestors up there so what i did was i grabbed one of those paintings and i basically pretended to voice the, the, that person <laughs> and shake the painting and like move it around and our, our dm was so intrigued that he was like i was not expecting this at all mm-hmm. he basically was like okay roll for it and then I think the my acting persuasion role was like a, a like a twenty uh, or something like that, and so basically it worked. Um, we had to get the whole party to play along, um, which some of the players were like, "Okay, this is amazing." And so that that moment was was really cool because it just went totally sideways from from what the DM was expecting, from what other players were expecting, because of this one contribution from like you know just just like out of, out of my brain. Um, so I think that was like super cool, super fun, and it was a great way to solve that problem without doing combat. The the one thing that DM never expects is players, goddamn thing. But then look, this is like the, this is what like I think this is what all like that's the, this is this story is one of the most D and D stories because it's like, come on, like like this is it's hilarious, it makes sense in the story, and it's also like die dies also tell told their own story you know like because like you know you could have rolled a one there and everything like would just go back to the combat but like but because you not only you made a creative idea but you also the dies were like yeah he's doing it and dm's like i guess he's doing it <laughs> yeah no the other fun part was actually acting it out he's like oh mm-hmm. you want to you want to shake these paintings and pretend to be these people okay do it and then we did <laughs> Um, oh, so mm. funny. But um, so you now already talked about the paladin uh character you had. He's was a he was a pure paladin, right? No multiclassing or anything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you had a thief. Um, any subclass for thief? Oh, and what what subclass was your paladin as well? Uh, you know, I think I don't even remember. Is there a subclass for paladin? See, these are the type of things that I'm, I'm not entirely sure about, but I, I just know he's a paladin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was taking the oath of tear, um, and then my rogue, I think, was also just a straightforward rogue. Like for me, I the, mm-hmm. the players that I that, that I make, they're they're never really complicated. I like really straightforward ways um, and straightforward classes. I don't like to make it really complex because I don't. I like to to improvise. I don't really like mm. to to be caught up in the dynamics of how this one affects this and how you can best um, power game and and be part mm-hmm. of the meta. Like I, I've I've never had a thing for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always wanted to just be like, well, I'm a rogue. So then he's he's very sneaky with everything he says. Like like I'm trying to think about what that rogue is like mm-hmm. so to consider well if he's a rogue warlock like what does that mean that that just adds so many layers that i like get lost in i see i see it's just like uh the the, the bookkeeping part of it is just um 
uh, what weirds you out. Yeah, like I'm I'm already doing so much number crunching at work. Like the last thing I want to do <laughs> is is to do more number crunching. I like rolling, um, mm. but that's about it. The most math you want to do is plus or minus. Yeah, exactly. But um, so from my understanding that you mostly played um campaigns type of games, right? Uh, yes. I I've done one one shot, but. Uh, that was like for my bachelor party, which you yeah. were there for. Uh, aside from that, it's only been campaigns. I see. So, any of those? Do you do you like playing like long term campaigns? Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think if you can, always join a campaign rather mm -hmm. than do a one shot, just because it gives. If your DM is good, they'll probably incorporate a lot of the things that you say and do into the game for next time. And, and when that happens, I think that's that's one of the best, if not the best experience, because the DM is acknowledging you as the player having an impact on the world. And you as the player are getting acknowledged by the DM that you're like you're making an impact. So both 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 sides are, are happy, um, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. And like one of my best examples is um, Albert who is uh, one of the people in my party and our party. Um, he he had a he was a he's playing a hunter um and he had a, a pet like a pet wolf when he first started and that wolf um in some way had to disappear i forgot what, what the exact reason was and so he had to get a new pet later on which he got he got like a crab instead <laughs> so uh you know the story goes on we land actually a thousand years in the future and what happens is you know we do a little bit of gaming and then we get to a place where there's this big magical uh like orb globe storing this big creature we unveil this creature it's his wolf oh. except except the fact that it's it's grown into a mutant like it's so big and powerful and so basically like because it, it was it was probably at least five or six uh, sessions later so it was something like a crazy callback and he was forced as a player to decide okay you can the, the the globe has to have something inside so you can either pick your wolf again who's significantly stronger and more powerful or the crab that you've built your you know your 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 relationship with and so he was forced to make a decision but the fact that when when he said that the whole table was like what <laughs> yeah those are the best moments but just just for listeners out there because you know we're crazy people out here playing D, &D game every week uh how often was that game because you said like five sessions and then some people like oh you know it's five weeks that's not a big callback oh yeah so my my, my close party uh we probably meet like once every other month or once every three months it's really not that that yeah. uh common we've been playing we've been playing that campaign for four years now um yeah. and we're probably like 10 to 12 sessions in only <laughs> so yeah so it, it, was, it was crazy because you're basically calling back something from like a year and a half ago and yeah. and the fact that it makes it in is 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 it's awesome I mean, look, like as like I think you, you know you can you you can surprise your 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 players in any way, but as soon as you like you 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 get that little thing of like, like the 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 funniest thing that the the ex girlfriend of the our artificer uh, was like it's just something he mentioned to me just like 
you know, like in passing. It wasn't like even like in his main backstory. He mentioned in passing and when like he realized what happened, like his mind was blown. So the same things like not even not in the same thing, even though like, that was like a big decision for Albert. It's like it, it happened so long and he already like I'm assuming he already like was like, OK, the, I have a crab at this point, whatever. And then it's like calling back to it and like grabbing those goddamn feelings of his and being like i have your feelings in my fists tell me what do you what are you gonna do it's like that's amazing oh no that's cool but uh so you had a rogue you had an uh uh rogue what's uh your uh rogue's uh ancestry race was uh he was a human rogue i see yeah and you had orc paladin so a is there any like um D D classes like like or the the D like race ancestry that you would uh want to play or are your favorite favorite ones to like um to play like is there is any of those two characters your favorite to play and um is there anything you would you kind of like maybe like read through in like in briskly read through or like you would be exciting um I mean, from the race side, probably not really, but from the class side, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel like every single class that you play, it, it allows you to build your character a certain way, allows you to, to, to act and do things in a certain way. Um, I'm, I haven't played a magic player, a magic caster, a magic player at all yet. Uh, mm -hmm. I still really want to be like a wizard or a sorcerer or a warlock just so I can play that side of the game. Cause, cause both my characters have been like martial, martial fighters. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's probably the most important thing, but I think th there are also so many races that I, it's for me, it's not about what particular uh, advantages a race has. It's about how that race presents itself or how that class presents itself in, in, in me being able to act it out. Like I mm. chose an orc this time around instead of a human because I was like, okay, I, it was easy for me to play human because I'm a human. Um, mm -hmm. But if I were to play an orc, what would an orc to me sound like? What would he do? What would, what would, what would, uh, you know, his, his background be. And so that was something that I wanted to figure out and this way. I was able to build out that story about it, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I try to approach it from the perspective of like, is this something that I would want to act? as opposed to something that maybe um, I'm trying to escape from and be, and play more or or to role play into it's more just like can I act this act this out live because my voice mm -hmm. for the for the orc is like uh, I try to keep it on I try to be in character as much as I can mm, I see I see what what um, about what about for you is there any player or NPC that you are most proud of um that you uh, you created or played and i did love my dragonborn uh paladin warlock mix like because um it's it is a little bit on a power gamey side the build of it just because uh the warlocks restore their spell slots on the short rest so technically i can smite every time I, I would rest for like an hour, I can get some of my spells back, my Warlock spells back, so I can go back smiting again. Um, but uh, he was he was fun to play, honestly. Um, 
you know, like I love, I understand it's like magic and whatever. It's cool, but like I, I think if I ever would play, I have, I in my in my head, I have a um, Tabaxi uh, Tempest cleric. Um, I have in the back of my mind the character I do really want to play, um, just because the Tempest domain is just so interesting to me, and it's also a bit on a really powerful side. But I honestly, I really, I love having like, I I love describing the combat I'm making. So I'm like, sure, whatever you guys say. You say fighter is boring, but like, please. M- like but make it exciting like i would love to play like a fighter battle master with, with his maneuvers and like all that stuff because it's like wow like now i actually can like describe how like i come and slam do all those flourishes and stuff like this uh, i think like the the role-playing combat on the martial side of things is something i probably would want to like uh, develop as a player but as the dm I love all my NPCs. Um, one of my f- um, lately, uh, recently, in this uh, city that my uh, players are uh, in, I found this on on Pinterest. I found this art of um, this warforged uh, uh, who has like um, a jar of honey on his head. So in my head, I, I looked at the picture and I was like, okay, so maybe he stores some honey and it's kind of like conditions to certain condition on his head. So he changes those jars once in a while every time to like make that honey for the city. And then and then what I did with him is that he, all his ads were Zs and he was talking like he's like Zzz, Zzz. So it's like... <laughs> so it's And then my... my, my my, my players love the guy just because he was like quirky and fun. Uh, and um, I also made like um, another favorite one of mine was like the uh, merchant guy they met, met recently who was like they saw him like with this huge backpack on his back and he was like looked really tiny. But as soon as he dropped his backpack, like this whole shop opened up and he became like eight feet tall, man, just because like the, sh- the stuff is just so heavy on him that he needs to be little. Um, and then my players love the guy as well. And uh, I love the goddamn, the sentient item I made. Uh, because it's like, she's just fun. She's just fun to play. No, that's that's the part about DMing that I definitely enjoy the most too, is creating those NPCs, creating like um, the, the, those like special, I guess like quirky qualities that you're talking about because it's so unexpected but it adds so much flavor um mm-hmm. I, I think for us too as like dancers it's kind of like you, you could have a regular npc you could have like a guard right he's, a, he's just like a normal normal guard in a suit of armor that's not memorable but if you if you like give him a funny accent or like a, a crazy backstory or like maybe or he does something interesting even. right like then it, it becomes a silhouette in the in the game where players remember it it marks a milestone it makes it so much more memorable and the fact that you just like you spent like five minutes on it or, or, or five hours on it mm-hmm. not important it's the fact that like it's it's now brought to life it lives in these people's minds um and it's that's like the best part of gaming that's true um and uh i think the quickly just uh uh 
the goddamn artificer uh my artificer player he like in his backstory he specified certain names of the warforged in that city and then and i took that idea and i ran with it and i went really insane with it because like he used like numbers instead of uh, letters somewhere and then like i remember like one night i was sitting just like wailing away at the keyboard like coming up with a bunch of goddamn names where i can replace the numbers and what whatever what, what whatsoever and it's that that whole idea of numbers and that inside warforged names i brought the idea that like all all the created warforged before like the first ever created warforged were like numbered from one to like one two three four five so like the bad guy in that city is two because he's like a second warforged ever created you know, and then uh, and the 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 guy who was doing the honey, his name is H one Y. Because honey, there is one inside honey. That's oh. why. So it's like <laughs> it's like I love doing stuff like this, and it's like uh, it's little just, Easter uh, eggs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like did you notice it? It's like, and then I remember like even my players during the game were like, "Oh, we see what you did. We like it. It's cool." And it's like, yeah, and that's what warms my heart. Before I ask you for some advices, we'll we'll go into a little bit like weird topic, uh, like a trigger warning topic. Uh, what do you absolutely not want in your games? What uh, is a no-no? Uh, I would say no. Uh, so I've played in a few games where um, the DMs are also that way, and I've, I've kind of kept it kept this rule of thumb going. But like, no racism, no no like, uh, what's the word? It's not rape, but it's like no no forced... sexual assaults. Yeah, yeah, no sexual assaults or where things were, especially if it doesn't make sense. And then those are the those are the hard nose. Mm -hmm. But then I would say soft nose that I, I it it just disturbs the game like it ruins the game flow is like when people are splitting up uh, mm -hmm. too much like they're, they're leaving the party around they're trying to do multiple uh, storylines <laughs> like that that can be a little difficult to manage. Um, Damn, and then that, that wound hurts. I see it. You. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't. I don't really have a hard, a lot of hard nos actually. Uh, just because mm -hmm. I think as a DM, I don't really care what happens in the world. It's a fantasy world after all. Mm -hmm. um, as long as other players aren't disturbed by it, I'll, I'll definitely let it go. Um, once other players feel like uncomfortable, then it, immediately it stops. I see. So the mo the the most important thing for you for for you as a DM is kind of being like for everyone to be comfortable or for everyone to be like, you know, on the same page about stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think, I feel like there are a couple of times where things get questionable um, when you're playing in a game, like you're mm -hmm. like, Oh, is this okay to do? Or is this okay to say? And then if, if the DM really rolls with it and you can see the rest of the party's like really intent on it, then mm -hmm. go for it. You know, even if it's a little, even if it's a little, like not used to what you do because you may be surprised that what your characters do or are actually intending to do mm -hmm. but uh I, i'm 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 typically a person that's like i'm just here to, to run the mechanics of the game i've already written what's going to happen if you want to play in this world you want to kill people you want to like murder hobo your way through things <laughs> or try to try to romance and charm all the the men or women or the orcs or or, or donkeys or whatever like okay go ahead i see i see 
Yeah, I mean, look, everyone, it's like you, like, whatever your table is, y'all play however your table, you know, whatever you do, you do you. Like, I, like I'm if I don't like it, you know, like, I'd be like, that's not my game, I'll go find a different game, right? So it's like, that's kind of like your outlook on it uh, as a player as well. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like most players, it, it, if you get a player that's willing to do that type of like really ne negative things or things that make other people uncomfortable, that's a symptom. That's a symptom of something greater. Like at, at that mm. point, you should just not have that player in your game because I'm mm -hmm. sure that person is going to do something else. Maybe it's not like the most egregious thing, but maybe they'll, they'll just like screw up your whole storyline or something or throw a wrench in it. Just like, you know, it's not, mm. it's not fun for anyone else. Just uh, everyone she needs to be on the same page. God damn it. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard. Definitely hard to find a good rhythm with um with the players that you're playing with. But once you do, I think it's that's really magical. So mm. for anyone who's like trying to look for a good game and you get discouraged because you're you find really you know like players that just you don't vibe with, like keep searching. Once you mm -hmm. do find a good one, it's it's so worth it. No, definitely. Like even on my example, like. Uh, I, I had a player, like, you know, I'm currently in the process of writing, like, I, I've been listening to a bunch of those horror D&D stories, and I'm actually in the process, like, I told you about the player I will be talking about, but, um, uh, like, I'm in the process of writing the story out, finally, and then the things I try to remember, just, like, I like so sometimes I look at it, like, it's already 4,500 words long, and I'm not even done yet. Wow. And then I'm just, like, Jesus, that's all this all this happened and I and I and I was okay with this as a D and it's like but you know we we all grow and we all change and hopefully I wish nothing bad on the player just everyone's gonna find their own little corner and then everyone's gonna have try to have fun in their own way whatever you guys do yeah no no definitely um last two things because we've been uh going for a while so uh, one thing i want to ask you the one dnd the things that have been just announced and i uh uh i send you the link to it uh does any of that sound exciting to you uh so when i watched the video for what the one dnd the release of it um mm -hmm. i i took away two things the first thing is they're updating and and I guess like improving, I'll call it that, improving the rules of the game, mm -hmm. which in my opinion, that's cool. That's really cool. And they're being really thoughtful. They're they're like trying to make their players happy. Uh, I'm 100% for that. And I think that's, that's, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Mm -hmm. But the second part is like them, when I say them, I mean Dungeon, the Dungeons and Dragons, Wizards of the Coast, like they mm -hmm. ha having um that like in-game engine mm -hmm. um and then being able to basically like make things more digital i'm i'm not a fan of that actually oh. because i feel like a lot of the experience of dungeons and dragons is you you using your imagination mm -hmm. and the more that you take that ability away the less fun i think it becomes because when when I'm a player and I'm describing a scene or even a DM or whatever, I'm thinking about a scene, maybe it's like a castle, like I'm imagining like a, 
like a big castle and there's vines or whatever, but then maybe someone else is imagining like a dark castle with uh, completely different approaches um, or, or they're thinking about an NPC or something like that. Like their view on it is so radically different from mine, but it's, it's how they imagine it in their brain. That's like, this is so cool. Um, whereas if they saw they saw what was going on in my brain and they were thinking, oh, this is the castle you dreamt of. This this is like so lame. And so when you make it, when you visualize it into the world and you say to everyone, this is what it looks like. This is this is you know the the exact measurements and proportions, and you get very like detailed about it. I think it takes some of the magic away because then you you as a player you lose that ability to also improvise. And as a DM, you maybe you can jump on the improv improvisation, right? Like let's say you're in a cavern and uh, the the one of the players is like, oh, I jump on a stalactite. And at first, you're as you're as a DM, you're like, I didn't even think there were stalactites. But then you're just like, okay, you jump on the stalactite. There's a stalactite, right? And so like then that, then that stalactite falls, it kills uh, the bear or whatever the the monster. It that part of the magic of Im Im improvising live on the spot is kind of lost. Interesting. Interesting. Um, is, oh, is, I, that, I, is that what you, what you were, is that your feeling too? When you watch that? I, I look, I, I'm a, I'm a child of online games and, and especially being a, a artist who delves into 3d, like I'm goddamn being my pants because the, the, that footage I saw, because it's like that's kind of like they they kind of doing the feel of the miniatures. Because I even today I listened to the guy who was talking. Well, well, even the miniatures and the grid on the table is already too much uh, specification for players. And I'm just like, well, no one can ever be satisfied. But also, I think um, what I like about it is because uh finally everything's gonna be at one place and plus what they're doing is that finally like i don't need to buy a physical book to have on my shelf and have a book on, on my dnd beyond to share with my players like i can buy a book scan it and it's in my system that's one of the th main things i took for myself which was gonna be amazing but i love vtt's I can do with it like sometimes for me to actually like build a battle map for my players if it would be in person oh my god i would need to spend thousands of dollars i would need to have a table with a tv on it to make a map flat and then i would need to have a terrain pieces to put it kind of like it's like i'm not taking any away like a theater of the mind of the way you said you're saying it's like yes of course like those kind of scenes like like i i myself realize have I don't need to have uh, the only thing I need to have is kind of like a mood board for my city. I don't need to have a map for it. Oh, you want to go find a blacksmith? Sure, you walk for 10 minutes and you find one. Like, I don't need to have a map with certain locations, but if you still have a world map, right? So, you're where your players know where everything located, where they're from, where they're coming from, where they're going, right? And it's like it's kind of on that level, but it's like the what they made with vtt is just like just it's kind of feel of the miniatures but like the overall feeling of theater of the mind doesn't really go anywhere it's like and then i think it's probably something i need to mention to my players is like if i'm putting something on the map it's like it's not set in stone if you think that something would make sense in that room and you tell me like hey is there 
it's is something in there in there like this your example with stalagmites because it's like well i can't put a roof on top just because then you're not going to be able to see your characters right so it's like right. oh is there a stalagmites sure you know like that's even even if you have a map or physical map or grid on a table you still can kind of like uh, uh kind of like go go there you know and kind of um increase adapt with your player's imagination like no one takes imagination away it's just the the tool tools are becoming like a, a bit more advanced if you would say like but now like okay sure would i need to pay probably like 10 to 15 dollars to get that vtt sure but then how much is it to get miniatures for in-person game how much is it to get a grid and how much is it to actually like get those like fancy fancy terrains you know that a lot of people really want you know oh. yeah no i i i definitely can appreciate like as a dm making everything accessible in one place through one mm -hmm. platform through one company that's a dream come true because then you're not having to deal with all these different like tools and trying mm -hmm. to figure out how it all works together like that's magical um but no, i i I get, I get what you're saying when when you're basically like you're just working with the players as long as they know uh that it's something you're creating together that's the coolest thing but i don't know i'm also a person that like i love physical things like being able to grab mm -hmm. it look at it uh think about it um in 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 live rather than in game uh, or i guess like in pc or over a tablet or whatever like mm -hmm. it's just it's just so much better no but i also totally understand like the 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 examples you give is just like oh like like that's hundred percent what D and D is about, you know. It's like the like the example with the castle and the stuff like this. But I also believe that it's also important for everyone behind the table to be on the same page because it's like if someone thinks that castle is in gothic style and someone thinks it's in like a medieval style castle, like the twelfth century castle or something, you know. I, I don't know if gothic castles were in twelfth century, but. It's just like you know it's like well like you have two rogues in the party and one thinks he cannot climb the wall but another thing one thinks he can just because one thinks there is protrusion from the wall another thinks it's a flat wall it's like that's also another thing that i'm just like damn sometimes like throwing out concept art for uh for um like uh, like uh, like a scene with a concept art or like i said like like don't build a map of the town but give them like how it kind of looks is just like kind of brings people on the same page of understanding like the the real quote unquote reality of it um kind of feels like i think then then everyone thinks they're playing the same game because it's like then like i personally feel like if not everyone's on the same page of what's happening then it's like well one guy is playing mass effect another guy playing call of duty and a third guy playing candy crush kind of that like that's how it works in my brain for that yeah, no, you 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 definitely have to have your your hard conditions. That as a DM, you're like, okay, mm -hmm. obviously you can't scale this castle because <laughs> it would ruin my whole like plan for you guys to get in here. So no castle scaling, and you should make that clear. But mm -hmm. for for all the other stuff, like all the small details that you can kind of create live on the spot, like I I feel like it's better to err on the side of less is more rather than more is less. But um um last thing pretty blitz 
any quick advices as since we, we you, we've been talking technically we've been discussing uh, a lot of the stuff uh, from the perspective of you as a player so any three to five advices uh, for players out there um, whatever you have you know or uh, for for both players and DMs I think the the thing I would say the most is um, my best piece of advice that I found really makes it a lot of fun is to make it as immersive as possible. Like if you are creating a game or a scenario and you just have um, one, let's say the story crafted, right? Or the NPCs crafted, like I would encourage you to also go a little, a little deeper. Like what is the ground feel like? What does the day look like? What does it sound like? Like, try to engage all the senses. Um, like when I when I DM now, uh, I try to have soundscapes set up where there's music, and, yeah, sometimes music, or maybe it's like ambient, like uh, sound, maybe you're in the forest, you hear birds, or if you're in a cave, you hear the dripping of water um, and playing that, having it queued up and playing, that's me, but maybe it's something else that if you're a visual person, having like models or, or, or concept out drawn out or, um, you know, other things you can look at. If, it, if you're a touch person, maybe having miniatures, if you're a smell person, I don't know, maybe even having like, Oh, you, you guys walk into a cave. So it smells like sulfur, you know, like break some eggs. I don't know. It just, <laughs> it, it, it brings so much more life to the game when you just go beyond statements and reading something or looking at something, um, there's so many different ways to engage people and like i even brought like a cape for myself just to make it uh -huh. fun for me that was amazing yeah like like i'm like oh i'm a dm now i put this cape on <laughs> um and so like as long if you make it fun for yourself i think other people also see it too um and i think that's the that's the part that everyone should try to do is is if you are having fun and you're encouraging fun from other players Right, then, then everyone's gonna have a good time. Because the the part that I feel like a lot of people also miss is, D and D is not a game where you're you're playing by yourself. It's not like this single player game where you're like, oh, I I try I do this or I do that. Like, you you're typically working with a party to achieve a goal. And so whether you're good or bad or or paladin warlock, you could be at at odds with each other. But having to solve that dynamic, and then and then achieve that goal is like, that's all the fun. Mm. So uh, people, I, I've played with people before who just kind of single-handedly go like, oh, I open the door and I do this and I do that. It's like, yeah, that's, it, it may be fun for you, but I'm, I guarantee you, if you worked with your party, you'd have way more fun. Cause then you were like, well, instead of me opening the door, like this, you know, magician or, or sorcerer or whatever, he has, uh, a painting device i can paint a, a painted opening in this door and so when he does that i can sneak in and do this like there are so it 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 builds on each other uh with with what another person's contributing when you play with other people um so just being mindful and thoughtful about that yeah that's a great advice this is an amazing advice that everyone listen to this Collaboration and cooperation. That's goddamn what makes this game fun. But yeah, that's damn, definitely the best parts of the game. Damn, I, I don't know the best way to goddamn finish this episode, honestly. Um, but damn, we've been here for a while. But look, 
Stephen, thank you so much for coming here. Uh, this was great, great talk as always. Love talking to you. Um, uh, anything you want to put out there for people? Uh, 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 nothing in particular, but mm -hmm. uh, if you are a new D&D player or you're an experienced D&D player, I hope um, you still enjoy yourself and make it fun for yourself. Uh, that's what I try to do. And uh, if you... Um, yeah, just have a good time. <laughs> that's, that's my final <laughs> advice is don't, don't make it more complex than necessary. Don't make it like, oh, I got to do all these things or whatever. Just like, just get started. Just start playing. I guarantee you, once you start getting into it, it just the act of doing it is uh, already a lot of fun. 100%. You you're, um, drop the mic after this. Uh, but uh, this was... Uh... This was an episode of Let's Run D&D &D, and hope everyone enjoyed this conversation. Uh, as always, you can find me. Uh, I'm on Twitter on the, your favorite. There is also Twitter for Let's Run D&D. &D. Uh, you can find it on my link tree and a Twitter. But this was Let's Run D&D &D, and uh, thank you for coming again. Bye. Yeah. Bye.